the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. Rosenthal is a registered representative offering securities and advisory services through Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, a broker, dealer, and registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Satera is under separate ownership from Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Rosenthal Wealth Management Group is located at 9265 Corporate Circle in Manassas, Virginia, and can be reached at 703-330-3100. Chris McKay is not affiliated with Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, nor Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Bob Jones is a marketing assistant of Rosenthal Wealth Management Group and is is associated with Satera Advisor Networks, LLC. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Well, welcome once again to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense, and here he is, Larry Rosenthal himself. If you'd like to dial in, the phone number is available. In fact, got some people jumping on the lines already here this morning. Larry, good morning. Good morning, Chris, and how are you today? Well, I enjoyed the uh, pre-show that we were <laughs> talking a little bit on LarryRosenthal.tv before we started on the radio. Yes, yes. About, uh, you know, sports-ish, ish. Sports-ish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, we had... Uh, some people asking, you know, hey, can you can you get on uh, the the YouTube before uh, the YouTube LarryRosenthal.tv beforehand <laughs> and do some sports talk? So we covered a little bit of uh, Selection Sunday tomorrow and uh, Division Three college baseball as well as the majors. So well, I know. have to, you know, I have to, I have to say because for those of that don't know this, uh, you have actually some street creds, and so does Bob when it comes to sports. I mean, you played some college ball, and I know that uh, Bob has done a lot of broadcasting in the in that realm as well. So you yep, guys have just a little bit, just a little bit. So if you want to catch out the 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 you know, not quite the sports junkies, that's for sure. But if you want to catch out a little bit of uh, you know, uh, a little the, fun, the, a little fun. Yeah, there you go. A couple of financial advisors talking sports <laughs> every Saturday morning before making money sense kicks <laughs> off at nine a.m. on WAVA as yeah. well as Sirius XM one thirty one. Then go to LarryRosenthal.tv on YouTube and you'll hear it there. That's that's. There you uh, go. Uh, no, no, no worries about that. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. It is open mic Saturday, which means no questions barred at all. Give us a call today with any questions on your mind, whether it's got something to do with the um, Silicon Valley Bank 
uh, failure, mm. FDIC, your 401k plan, the stock market, President Biden's new proposed budget with substantial tax increases in it. Give us a call with whatever's on your mind today at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's welcome Don on the line from Tennessee. Good morning, Don. How are you today? Great, Larry. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. How can I help you? Well, I went to Edward Jones, a financial advisor, this week, and uh, never heard of this product. Uh, I'm a high earner, and she had, had told me about it. What's called a rich man's Roth. It's not a. I'm. It's not a backdoor Roth. It's a. Uh, it's a. Basically, my my current understanding is you're overfunding a a an annuity, a life insurance product, and then over time, it's uh, it get some kind of a tax advantage scenario where you can take money on the back end. And usually when I hear the word annuity, I, I cringe. And she sounded like this was a good pro- product. And I'm, I'm a little sketchy, and I wanted to get your take and see. I, I'm sure you've heard of this. I, I think it's just a method of terming this this product, but I, I've never heard of it. And I, I certainly uh, had my concerns about it. Okay, Don. Here's here's the deal. It's going to be a long answer, okay, and it and and it's going to end with properly shopping the product if it's right for you. So so that's the answer, okay. And I'm going to lead back up to it in just a moment. So here's the deal. Back in 1986, the tax reform 86 or 87, the Tax Reform Act then said to mutual fund companies, we're going to start taxing your dividends and capital gains even though they are being reinvested into mutual funds. Well, the mutual fund industry got kind of nervous about that, walked across the street to the insurance industry and said, hey, we want to put our mutual funds inside your life insurance policies because money inside permanent life insurance policies, okay, grows tax deferred. And when you get down the road with, with sufficient cash value saved up in them years later, all right, you will you will uh, you can pull money out tax free as long as the policy stays in force. This is the key, and you take it out through what's called a series of withdrawals to your principal or your cost basis, and then through a series of loans. And then the loans are not taxable. That's the deal right there. So, so people were sticking all kinds of money into this thing back in the late 80s. And then Congress came out the year, a year later and said, wait a minute, boys and girls, you're putting too much in here. So there's three tests to this. It's the Tefra Deferent 7 pay test. There you go. I pulled that one out of the archives, okay? But bottom line is this, Don, is that think about it like this. There's a minimum amount of money that you have to put into a life insurance policy. This is not an annuity. It's a life insurance policy. There's a minimum amount of money that you have to put into a life insurance policy in order for the company to issue the coverage, the protection, right? Okay. So, so let's assume that, that uh, based off of your age, gender, health status, let's assume that that's $5,000 a year. And, and they're going to issue you a half a million dollar policy, okay, just as an example. Well, in order to make this thing work well to where you build sufficient cash values for yourself down the road to be able to withdraw money, you want to put the maximum amount of money into this, okay? So in this case, it might be $25,000 a year. So now you're overfunding the policy, 
the first five thousand is going for the normal coverage, and then the other the other five the other twenty thousand is going into that cash value bucket. Now there's fees, there's cost of insurance, loads fees, uh, sub account fees in there. There's a lot of different fees that are built up in this. Okay, and this is where the answer comes to shopping. First of all, you want to make sure that you have the right type of a product. And there's a couple of different products out there. There's called index universal life policies that link to market performance, like the S&P or the NASDAQ or something along those lines. And then there's what's called variable policies, where you have sub-accounts that kind of act like mutual funds inside of them that go up and down with the market. But then you have very specific product features because – Inside an insurance policy, the insurance policies front the insurance companies front end load all the cost of these things. So, so when you're looking at doing something like this, you're looking at a time horizon of minimum 12, 15 years to be able to do this. Okay, um, so so this is probably the last bucket of money you want to start pulling out in your retirement distribution planning. But you want to make sure that the policy has what's called a wash loan provision or a preferred loan provision, and as well as flexibility on the death benefit and premiums. There's a lot of shopping. I know exactly what you're talking about. I've seen this done for high, high income earners, okay? But there's a lot of shopping and very, very specific products. This is not a, oh, let's just sign up for this product and do this concept. There are very specific products that work substantially better than others in this specialized arena, okay? I understand what you're talking about. You're talking about overfunding an insurance policy. But let me tell you this, though, first, okay? If, if, if a client approached me with wanting to do this or if I were to ever suggest, suggest this, here's what I would say. First of all, are we maxing out your 401K plan, okay? And then are we maxing out a Roth IRA? And if you're not eligible... Are you back during the Roth IRA? Because think about this. You and if you're married, your spouse, even as a, even as a non, non-working spouse contribution, you can put in, you know, 14000 some dollars in a Roth IRA by back during the Roth IRA, and there's no cost of insurance inside there. So if you're committed to saying, hey, I want to spend $25,000 on this overfunding of an insurance policy, the way you termed it, rich man policy, Okay, um, which is a marketing term, basically. The first, you know, fourteen thousand or so should be going to your own Roth IRA back during it, because there's no cost of insurance inside of a Roth IRA. Does that make sense? It does make total sense, and I, and that's where I get confused as well, because I I don't understand why to do a Roth IRA when I'm when I'm in the highest income of my life, but I think. It's, it's probably when I retire, I'm going to be in a similar income, but I just don't get it when you're in this highest tax bracket. It takes, it's the same question. Why put the, why take the load on the front end instead of waiting to you? Hopefully your RMDs are less than what I'm making now. So I would think it would be, I mean, but I don't think taxes are going to go down in the future because our country's getting pretty rough shape. I think we're going to be demanding more money of our retirees. So that's why it's so challenging for me to even do a backdoor Roth right now. I get, I get doing. Well, a, no, no, a, no, no. Wait, wait, wait a sec, Don. Let me jump in here real quick. 
there's nothing wrong with you putting as much money away as you possibly can on a pre-tax basis in a 401k or even a traditional IRA. Okay, so so the Roth is what I don't I, get. Well, so so here's a, here's a solution to, to 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 kill two birds with one stone. Max out your pre-tax 401k. That gives you your tax deduction today, right? I can't do that. I've got I've got a small business. And so if I if I contribute to me, I've got to contribute to my my employees, which which is kind. But a SEP IRA quickly becomes a a financial. If you got I employees, understand not because of the, yes because of the matching limits that are required on a SEP. So maybe it yep. sounds like to me that that maybe the quote unquote rich man product that, that this person's talking about might not actually be applicable in your situation. Okay? It it is, it just is, so you would do the raw is it, it's a Roth product is what it really is it's kind of the same No, as it's Roth. it's not a Roth product at all. It, it's I'm not a Roth product at all. It's simply a life insurance policy. That's all it is. Okay. It's a it's a, okay. a special type of a life insurance policy, okay? That is being used by overfunding the minimum required premiums to go in. You're using it as an investment vehicle. Okay, I, I understand it, but you have to also take a look at: Do I want to use life insurance to protect, or do I want to use it to invest? And if you want to use it to invest, then you know it's a whole different area to build accumulation and cash values. But my my point is. What we need to do is sit down and take a look at your cash flows, look at what, where you're saving dollars the most tax efficient today and set up down the road. But if you're limited in your funding, okay, then, then I would suggest that before you look at overfunding a life insurance policy, I tell everybody, maximize the Roth contribution to begin with, which is backdooring the Roth, because there's no cost for life insurance inside the Roth IRA, okay? So, so, so do what you can on the pre-tax side of things, and then if you personally have excess funds to that you want to continue to save, then let's explore other pre-tax opportunities, which there are some. But if not, then let's look at backdooring a Roth first, and then looking at the insurance for overfunding it that way. That way, we're treating our tax. We're doing our tax allocation not only today, but as well as in the future for retirement purposes. And at the very same time, you're, you're maximizing your cash flow, too. So, you, you know, Don, the, the, it, it gets – I don't know your situation here. I don't know what the cash flow is. Or, or maybe a SEP is not the right plan for you and your employees anymore. Maybe it's a simple or, 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 or even a, a small 401K. I'm not sure. But if you'd like, I'll be happy to, to put you on hold and have one of our advisors reach out to you next week and break all this down for you. And if you want, I'll, I'll be happy to talk to you about it as well. I know a lot about what you're what you're talking about, um, but that's probably about as far as I could take it today. If you wanted to go down that road, make sure you shop very specialized products. There's a handful of companies that 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 will be able to come to the table for you in that type of a product. Okay, if you like, I'll put you on hold. Would that be okay? That that that'll be great, Larry. Can you can you? I just would like to get those, like the uh, the really things I need to look for in this product, I want to get that from, from you guys, the bare bones, okay, like the really things that you really want to, that I want to, like, find out about this product, this in life insurance product that before I 
to even think about it. But it's uh, okay. All right. All, that sounds sure. Good. Yeah, sounds you want to be able to make you want to make sure that you have flexible death benefit. If something happens to your cash flow down the road and you can't fund, you want to be able to squash the death benefit down to the seven pay test level without turning it into a modified endowment contract. And you also want to make sure it has loss, um, uh, wash loan provisions or preferred loan provisions. Um, okay. there, there's there's several you know different boxes you want to check on this, okay. and again, handful of companies. I'll put you on hold. Bob will get your contact information, and he'll set you and I up with a phone call next week. Appreciate your phone call. If you're listening to Making Money Sense, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with some market commentary. What happened with uh, the uh, Silicon Valley Bank, FDIC coverage, and your questions. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rose Control. We'll be back in a moment. Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More making money sense in a moment. still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's thecdfi.org. Your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life, but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community. Go to thecdfi.org. Make a difference. Go to thecdfi.org. Now nationwide and coast to coast from sea to shining sea, call now. 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Live from the nation's capital, this is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show. If you'd like to dial in, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Larry Rosenthal is here in studio taking your phone calls. Larry. Yes, sir, Chris. So, you know, this past week we had lots of market action, right? Oh, yeah. Um, the lo- markets came under a lot of pressure. Uh, Jerome Powell was talking very hawkish talks about interest rates, unemployment being, you know, where it is. You know, some good news, though. Wages didn't improve that much this past this past month. And, and so that's, a, that's an argument to, well, maybe we're there. Maybe we don't need to raise a half a percentage point. 
uh, come March 22nd when they meet. They meet March 21st and 22nd in a couple of weeks. Uh, and then and then all of a sudden you started hearing rumblings on Thursday about the bank out in Silicon Valley, excuse me, only to find, unfortunately, it, it failed on Friday. Mm. And we'll get into that, what it means, what it means for you. We're going to review some FDIC insurance scenarios today as well to, to let everyone know out there. The banking industry is is fine, okay? It's extremely strong. Uh, this bank actually lobbied from, from what my understanding is. They were able to, to uh, not come under some of the stringent uh, testing because of the specialized uh, bank that they were uh, from 2008. Uh, from the Dodd-Frank enactment and all that kind of stuff. That's another story, too, okay? But at the same time here, it's very, very unfortunate as to as to what happened. This may actually uh, move the Fed to maybe only uh, bump rates 25 uh, basis points uh, come uh, come on uh, March 22nd here, So, which could be actually good news uh, from, from that standpoint. You think they've too, been too so. aggressive up to this point, or...? I think they've been doing a very good job, but the question is, you know, when when you change when you change rates, when you change monetary policy, whether you're tightening or, or loosening, it takes several months for that to take mm. effect, you know. And so we're just starting to see the effects of this now, and this is an indication of the effects. Here's what's happened, Chris: is is um, uh, Silicon Valley Bank? What they did was they went ahead and they they took uh, money and they put it in long term Treasury bonds which is a very safe investment, you know. And when when interest rates went up, on paper, those bond values dropped. They dropped substantially, okay, because of the duration risk in those bonds. And then uh, the tech companies that were uh, putting their money in there needed to withdraw dollars because rates were, were so high. They were getting some cash crunches on some of these startup companies. And then one thing led to another, you know, the, the values of these things were down, and that's exactly what happened. And so the uh, 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 bank, you know, actually went, went, got into conservatorship. FDIC took them over, created a new bank on Friday afternoon. So that's what's happened uh, with it all. Yeah, see, it looks like our stuff's frozen up there. Yeah, uh, you lost uh, your Zoom feed. You don't have to connect back up again when you get a second. Yeah, I lost, my, uh, I lost my computer. You're not Zooming anymore. Nope, nope. <laughs> I lost my, I can't, my mouse is gone, everything. So it's, so it's seat of the pants here. We're going to have to fly by your seat. Yep, that's what we're going to do. We'll just see. We'll just keep talking today. How's yeah, that sound? I like so, it. I like it. Uh, I lost a screen or two. So. It'll all um, come back up, hopefully. Anyway, so so that's basically what's what's happened out there, and so you know, in taking a look at at FDIC insurance and and what does this mean for you, and and how does that work? Um, I've I've had people asking me yesterday and this morning already. You know, some friends, hey, what does this mean? What's going on? <laughs> uh, so so when you when you uh, one one of the thing one of the questions is to find out how your bank is is insured. Uh, if it says it's FDIC insured, guess what it is, okay? And the Which bank is a good pay- thing, a really good it thing. It is a good thing, yeah, yeah, and the bank pays a premium for that. And it's per registration. So, so Chris, if you open up a, a savings account in your name only, you can put in $250,000, and that is FDIC insured. If you put in $251,000, 250000 of it is FDIC insured. Can I borrow that from Bob? Would that be all right? Sure, sure. Okay. Bob's happy to lend that out. So, <laughs> so when, if, you, if you put one in for your wife, another 250 that's insured also. If you and your wife do a joint one, that's another 250 insured. 
If you were to put a a two fifty into, or if you were to put five hundred thousand into a revocable living trust bank account, and name two beneficiaries, that's insured. So it goes by the titling of the accounts. Okay, if you were to open up a corporate account, that's insured as well, up to the two fifty mark. So it's not just so so. And, but but one thing that people make mistakes on is it's you can't just do it by um, um, uh, bank bank branch uh, branches of the bank. For example, if if you said, well, I'm going to put 250 in in uh, the the branch on Maple on Maple Street, and then I'm going to put 250 on the branch on Church Street, but it's the same bank and it's the same registration. No. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Not not at all. So it's got to be different registrations. And if you run out of registration types, then, you know, diversify between different banking institutions. But as far as the banking sector goes, the, you know, the banks are very well capitalized. Um, our banking sector has never been this strong since since 2008, uh, 7 and 8, when mm-hmm. and the financial crisis. And basically, um, uh, Silicon Valley Bank... Uh, was a bank for a lot of startup tech companies, mm-hmm. which and, is kind of risky anyway. Yeah. Well, it's very you know it's 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 almost idiosyncratic. It's it's a very specialized mm-hmm. um, uh, clientele, not really diversified and, uh, all that much. And you saw what happens. And this could be a sign. You know, you take a look at, well, okay, well. Uh, this is what happens in in, in uh, interest rates. When interest rates go up, bond prices drop. And and if you have your money sitting in in long term treasuries, you know you've got duration risk of of you know twelve, thirteen, seventeen, and in, in some numbers, and and you can lose a lot of money on paper. And yeah. that that's yeah. when it happened. The the run happened. So, hey, we're gonna take a quick break here. Let's uh, give us a ring at eight five five Rose one two three. Let's see if I can get my computer started oh, again there here. You go. Eight five five seven six seven three one two three. You're listening to Making Money. So, oh, before we go though, don't forget go visit my website LarryRosenthal.com. We're having a very special market commentary and 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 charitable giving webinar on Monday, uh, March thirteenth. There's two sessions: one from noon to one, and then one from six to seven p.m. It's the same session. Okay, you go to my website LarryRosenthal.com. Click on the seminar button right there. And you'll see both webinars pop up. It's it's free. There's no cost. We're going to have people on. The, we've got a lot of people registered from all over the country. But we're going to deliver some information on, on um, charitable giving this time around. Show people how to give properly, how to take advantage of some of the basic, friendly parts of the tax code. So check it out. Visit my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Click on the webinar icon. Two sessions coming up this Monday, March 13th, from noon to 1 p.m. and 6 to 7 p.m. It's the same material. Both sessions are live. You can take both classes if you wanted to. It doesn't matter. Um, but uh, uh, check it out there. So we'll be back in a moment with more Making Money Sense. Live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More making money sense in a moment.
There are still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's thecdfi.org. Your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life, but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community. Go to thecdfi.org. Make a difference. Go to thecdfi.org. And here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. We've heard oftentimes about asset allocation. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. We need to understand tax allocation. The IRS views our money through four different tax lenses. Taxable, tax deductible and deferred, non-deductible and deferred, tax exempt, or tax free. Stop for a moment and think, how much money have you saved up in your retirement plans, placed the money that's never been taxed? Here's the rule on that. You control 100%, but you only own 65% of it. We need to make sure that our income in retirement years is tax efficient to maintain your standard of living. Fox Business, CNBC, and The Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is The Larry Rosenthal Show. You are listening to The Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. And Larry Rosenthal is here with us, but only only kind of limping along there. He's lost his computer and his Zoom feed, so you're stuck looking at me and Bob here this morning, which is <laughs> I'm sorry about that. But we probably did, a good thing. Huh? We did uh, we did have Bob's dog, and I got mine, so we can we can you know you can be the avatar for Larry this morning. We'll put him up there, and that'll that'll we'll just think that it's you. How does that sound? <laughs> that sounds good. So all right, brother. Something's rebooting here, but we'll just go through this next part and see okay. see what happens. Right? All right. It's always fun with with uh, live shows. That's right, go, live, live radio. Shows, you never know so. what you're going to get, right? Yep, yep. So someone was talking this past week here. I was, I was, um, uh, I, I get into a lot of conversations about the markets, obviously, and all kinds of things all the time. Oh, by by the uh, way, before just to interrupt you, we do have somebody on the line from Idaho. If you want to talk to him, yep, go ahead and bring him on. All right, let's do so. Carolyn, welcome to the radio show. You got a question for Larry? Yes, I do. Uh, my question is, with Biden proposing taxing the dividends on a, a company that you don't take the money out and just have it reinvested, you're going to be taxed on that, according to him. So then when I would sell it down the road, 
thinking I'll be taxed on it again. Is that correct? So here's here's what's proposed, and I, I think it has like a 0% chance of passing, okay? But what's proposed is an increase in, in capital gains taxes. We already pay capital gains taxes now. Um, depending on your income, it's either uh, 10, 15, or 20% to the Fed plus whatever your state may be. So when, when uh, if this new proposal passes, he's talking about saying, uh, uh, let me just hold on a second here. Sounds like things are coming back to live there. Here we go. We're trying to, yep. <laughs> so, so what? I'm sorry, what he's saying is that for, for income in, in, the, um, uh, in the proposal, for income earners that make more than $400,000, they want to raise that capital gains tax from 20% to 45%. Okay, which is just outrageously high. And so that's what he's saying in the proposal right there. Now, when it comes to uh, a couple of things that you said in your question, one, you buy it, you buy an investment, you put a hundred grand into investment, and then later it's worth one hundred and fifty thousand and you sell it that uh, after twelve months, that would be the long term capital gain that he, that that they're talking about here. But then you also have to deal with what about mutual funds? Okay, um, your mutual funds sometimes will pay a capital gain distribution rate at the end of the year, and it comes out either short or long. That's another part of it too that that it would be on the long-term capital gain side of it. So, to the specific giving that information, the specific answer to your question is: if that capital gain from a mutual fund comes back into your mutual fund and buys more shares at whatever price it is that day, then later in life, if you sell it out, yes, you'll have another capital gain on that too, but it won't be as large because you've already paid some of that tax along the way, okay? But I don't think this proposal has much to stand on. Congress is divided, okay? Now, they're touting that with these types of of tax increases that they can reduce $3 trillion off the, off the deficit in 10 years. Um, you know, lots can happen over the next 10 years with capital gains rates. There's one thing's for sure. This is what I was explaining to someone just the other day, coincidence that you call, is if you stop and think about sort of a scale, okay, a scale of one to ten, uh, of, of zero to ten. Zero, there's no taxes. Ten, they're taxing us at 100%. Obviously, we know both parameters can't work. We have to pay a certain level of taxes to run the government, to, to fund social programs, to pay for roads, to, to pay for the military, you know, all those types of, of, of services that we pull on. But at the same time, you get to the point where there's diminishing returns on the level of taxation. You know, if, if they tax us so much, you decide, well, I'm not going to work on Friday, Thursday, or Wednesday, right? Because <laughs> it all goes to the government, right? So where's the incentive in that? My point is that over time, taxes will always go up and down in that, in that, in that area, you know, on that scale 0 to 10. So we're always going to see taxes anywhere from, from 3 to 6 or somewhere in that area. And, and you know, it's, it's always going to change. That, that's for sure. And that's why we need tax allocation strategy uh, planning, you know, have money in different tax systems within your investment portfolios. But I don't think that this proposal is going to pass at all, okay, uh, because the, the uh, House is just not going to put up with, with that type of uh, mm. level of tax increases. So I wouldn't worry about it at this point. 
So what you're saying is they, if you had, like, say, so much money that you got from dividends that uh, that was in there, you'd get taxed on that. And then you said it would be less when you sold it. How would you ever figure that? So if you're if you're inside of a mutual fund, and let's suppose no, that it's a certain stock company is okay. what I'm talking about. Okay, so so I was doing two examples there. So in a stock company, sure. if you bought it at twenty five dollars a share, and then later you sold it at thirty five dollars a share, you'd pay a long term capital gain rate, providing it's over twelve months on the difference right. of $10 per share. Very simple like that. Now, along the way, if that stock pays you dividends along the way, dividends are taxed at ordinary income, not capital gains. So whatever income tax bracket you're in, that's how the dividend will be taxed to you, okay? Okay, so then whatever I got as a extra a dividends, I would be taxed on just your regular income. But then when I sold it, maybe five years down the road, those dividends would be taxed again as capital gains, right? Well, the share price appreciation would be taxed at capital gains, not the dividends once you sell it. Okay. All right. Yep. That was my question. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Chris, I'm still flying blind here, so... so. Well, you kind of came up there for a minute. I saw you... Oh, yeah, it's not, not yet. working. Not so. there. Okay. All right. So we'll just we'll work off of our... I don't know if anybody's on the phone or not, but give us a call. 855-ROSE-123. I'll be your eyes. Make up subjects here, right? <laughs> so so um, also, when you take a look at, at where the markets are right now, uh, there's there's a famous quote um, that, that I do want to share with everybody from, from Warren Buffett uh, many, many years ago. And uh, he, he just he, – he, it, it, he, here's the quote. It's far better to buy a wonderful company at a fair price than a fair company at a wonderful price, okay? You've got to so, think about that one for a minute, don't you? Think about that real quick. Yeah. Where are we right now? We're still in the middle of the Fed raising rates. We've got a bank that failed, okay? We've got, uh, you know, issues internationally, geopolitical issues. Stay diversified, own quality, basically, is what we're saying. But at the same time, it's better to buy a wonderful company at a fair price. So what's a fair price? Uh, 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 you you yeah, don't want to overpay for a stock, right? No. So mm -hmm. where are we? In, talking about the S&P 500 now, where are we as far as pricing goes? We're, we're still right in line with the 25-year average, historical average of P.E. ratio. So stocks are priced perfectly uh, adequately, perfectly valued. They're not undervalued, and they're not overvalued. It's still a good buy at this particular point in time, right? Mm -hmm. Still, focus on, on, you know, down the road here a little bit with, with the Fed. Once, you know, once we start to see uh, them pausing rates, whether it might be at the May meeting now or possibly June, uh, you know, the markets could celebrate that a little bit, uh, you know, because then we'll get clarity of direction. So, uh, hey, see, so we're bumping up here against a uh, qu quick break here. Go sure. ahead. Uh, let's keep the phone lines open. Give us a call this morning. We're stumbling through material because it's all, you know, <laughs> no screens on the computer, right? Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. See if you can drive some content. 855-ROSE-123. You'll listen to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. 
are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's thecdfi.org. Your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life, but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community. Go to thecdfi.org. Make a difference. Go to thecdfi.org. seen and heard him on Fox Business, CNBC, and the Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show. And a few technical difficulties on YouTube this morning, but Larry is here um, on the radio and having no trouble at all. So that's great. Got a couple of people on the line for you, Larry, after you talk about the upcoming webinars. Sure, yep. Uh, Just a quick reminder, if you visit my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and click on the webinar icon, this coming Monday, March 13th, from noon to 1, and then from 6 to 7, we're going to be having basic education on charitable giving, understanding how to use, you know, what we call... The friendly part of the tax code. That's right, Chris. The friendly part of the tax code. You All need right. to read that over Something the weekend. Yep, exactly. Uh, but it's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be people on there from all over the nation, and uh, you know, we just want to continue to deliver proper education. You know, I mean, after all, you know, you take a look in 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 Scripture. You know, Mark chapter eight, verse thirty-six. It says, "For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul?" Think about this, you know, Psalms uh, 42, 1, you know, God owns everything, everything. The microphone you use right now, Chris, Amen. everything, including our dollars. You know, what is the, what is it? Um, you know, how much money should we give back to God, right? How much money should we do that? Or maybe the question should be, how much of God's money should we keep? Oh, there you go. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, the Lord wants to build his church now, you know. We also have to save for retirement and college and things like that. How do you work your way through that wealth conundrum? Well, one of the things we're going to be showing on uh, Monday in the webinar is some just different ideas, different ways to give uh, to use the friendly part of our tax code. The United States tax code, as much as we complain about it, is very 
um, is very liberal in in um, uh, uh, charitable giving. It really is. It, it, it incentivizes for us to give, and and as Americans, we do the vast majority of the giving. I mean, we're very very. Uh, giving nation, you know, but people need to understand how to give properly. So we'll be doing some of that uh, in, in in the webinar coming up. Excited to bring this information in uh, for everybody. So, Chris, I see we have a caller on the line. Chapter 11, let's talk to Francine from Maryland. Francine, welcome to the Larry Rosenthal Show. Thank you. Uh, I hope I can ask this question intelligently. Um, I'm uh, calling to... Uh, get some information about annuity investments. I am, uh, well, I will be 73 years old the end of uh, this year. I actually went back to work five years ago because it'll be five years the end of this year uh, because I was not prepared for retirement and, um, you know, hoping to get some money in my 401k. And, of course, the economy has not been very kind to me uh, and a lot of other people. Uh, Finally, in the the past couple of months, I just changed my uh, distribution to all um, all, uh, money market, money market funds. Um, Now, right now, I am contributing $1,000 per paper. Per check, um, that's twice a month. That's seven hundred and fifty dollars of that uh, into stocks, and two hundred and fifty into Roth IRA. Um, and so I am anticipating that at the end of the year, I will possibly have uh, one hundred thousand dollars or more in the uh, 401k, and then I will have at least $50,000 myself in savings, which is uh, after tax. And you said you had a question on annuities? If I I will have $150,000 to invest in an annuity, what is the likelihood that I could anticipate a a monthly Income from that between fifteen hundred and eighteen hundred dollars a month. So I just want you to do a a a simple five percent distribution, okay? If you've got a a what did you say your total is going to be one hundred and fifty thousand dollars? Yes. So a five percent distribution is going to give you seventy five hundred dollars a year. Ooh, is that all? Which is six twenty-five a month. Now, if you take a look at a five percent distribution, uh, and you've got basically twenty-five percent in bonds, seventy-five percent in equities, there's a very high probability you will not run out of money over thirty years. So we need to take a look at at a higher distribution rate. So an annuity may not be the uh, the game for you. You can use an annuity in a strategy called a split-funded annuity where you may take part of your money and put it into what's called an immediate pay annuity, a single premium immediate annuity, where you force that money out instead of over 20 or 30 years, but that money gets forced out over maybe seven years. 
And then the balance of the money goes into a second annuity, which continues to grow for you so that seven years from now you turn that leg of it on again and you split fund that. So that's easy to see if it will reach your income needs because you, we just sit down and do the math on it, okay, and back the math into it. Then if you want to do attack this question without using an annuity, then we would look at simply high-dividend-paying uh, stocks, uh, to get you a higher dividend yield on the stocks so that it can meet your monthly obligations. But this is just simply a math problem, and then we need to take take it and shop it and look at the current rates that these single premium annuities pay as well as the dividends pay. And, and you might end up split funding where you end up putting part of it into an immediate annuity that pays it to you in, say, seven years and put the rest into high-dividend stocks. That accumulates a lot of interest for you for the, uh, so that you turn that portion on into another annuity in seven years. So, so it's, it's obtainable, but if you go about looking at just dropping all the money into an annuity and using what the, you know, the, the great default distribution rate of 5% is, then you're going to fall short a little bit. So we need to do a little bit of planning with this. Does that make sense? Uh, yes, it does. But now, as far as the high dividend uh, investment is concerned, uh, is that practical with the state of the economy as it is now? Yes, it is. There are stocks that pay high dividend rates. There's portfolios that, that you know, you know, the S&P 500 has a dividend rate of right around 2%, but there are stocks that are paying 6%, 8% in their dividend yields, you know. Now, the stock prices go up and down, but if it's an income distribution, uh, if, if you're more concerned about income arriving to you than the balance on your statement, then you would look at stocks like that. You know, we, we can show you that, how it works, and you can put stop losses underneath of it to protect principal and a couple of different scenarios like that, too. Okay, so um, it, it's a good chance that I won't be poor. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> okay. That's correct. Okay. Let, let me, uh, look, okay, I'll have Chris put you better. on hold here. Uh, and Yeah, Francine, thanks for the call today. Have a great weekend. Yeah, Thank Chris you. will put Bye. you on hold, and Bob will get your information. We'll send some out to you there. Okay, we got Claire on the line from West Virginia, uh, Larry. Welcome. Good morning, Claire. How are you today? I'm doing great. Hey, I just have a, clarific a clarification question. On um, a, credit, a credit union savings account, if it's a joint account, and that's the only savings account you have there, is it still only 250000 insured with the NAIC, or because it's joint, does it go to 500000 So with joint under FDIC, if it's joint, it goes to five hundred. Okay. Yep. Um, but not under, under uh, I believe it, it it could be the same, but I'm I'm drawing a blank off of that off in my head real quick. But I'm pretty sure it's going to be mirrored the same. Mirror the same. So if you're just ask your credit union to make sure, though. Okay. Make, yeah, yeah. I was. I heard you say 250 on a joint account, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> no, on 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 a joint account, one person would get 250, the other person would get 250 at FDIC. I'm pretty so, sure it's the I mean, same so at credit unions, but just double check. You are insured up to 500 on that one account. You, as an individual owner, um, you as part owner is 250. The other person who's on it is 250 as well, but total 500. Uh, yes. Okay, uh, so it's all in one single account, but yes, correct. 500. And then you okay, can have another. Then, well, that was a big. That would be a big oops if it wasn't. <laughs> yep. Then you could have another um, uh, account in just your name for another 250. And right. another account in your spouse's name for another two fifty. Also, right. yeah, it's per registration. 
Okay. So I just have to confirm that NAIC is the same as the FDIC. Yes. Okay. Well, yep. thank Cause you. Because you've, you've got NAIC, you've got FDIC, and you've got SIPC, too, for investments. Oh, okay. Yep. All right. So they have All different. Right. Well, I wasn't sure, you know, if we were, like, over overfunding the savings or not, you know, being over the 250 in a joint account. So that was good to know. Well, thank okay. you so much. Well, Claire, there's another option, too. You could go CHRIS. You could do the Chris one. There. <laughs> no, you can't put money in Chris's account. Don't listen to him. <laughs> yeah, don't listen to me. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, thank you so much, Larry. Absolutely. Have a great weekend. Appreciate you the too. phone call. Bye-bye. You listen to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. Don't forget to check out our webinar coming up on Monday, March 13th. We're excited about this. We're going to be breaking out charitable giving uh, basics in it. It's going to be a lot of fun. So go hit the website, LarryRosenthal.com, and pull down the webinar there and go ahead and register. And uh, we'll get it started for you on Monday. It's going to be a lot of fun there. Um, you know, yeah. lots of concern, too, Chris, about these banks. You know, an, another scenario is, too, is if you simply put money into your brokerage account, right, and then buy government T-bills, it's not FDIC insured, but it's backed by the full faith and credit of the United States government, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So as long as the government's standing, those bonds will be standing, too. So there's a lot of ways to, to, to put money into cash or cash equivalents, that enable you to to really you know take care of of uh, getting insured or protected should there be a run or something like that on banks. But mm-hmm. I'm telling the banks are 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 okay at this point. They they really are. Well, that insurance really means a lot, actually. I mean, that was the the stuff they put into place back in the Depression days, right? Not too far after that, and they kind of got it right. It it not, yeah, it was 1933 when yeah. FDIC came into play as a result of coming out of the Great uh, Great Depression. Uh, you know, to protect banks. And along the way, banks have have had more regulation piled on them, some of it taken off sometimes, more of it piled on. You know, but it's things like this, it's scenarios like this that write new rules and laws going forward to protect against these issues in the future, mm-hmm. okay? So okay. we'll learn from this. We'll learn what happened, uh, how the bank was made up, what who their clients were, what they did with the deposits, and, you know, all that's coming out right now, and you know there may have been, uh, uh, yeah, you know, zigging when they should have zagged, kind of thing, right? Could very well be. Could yeah. very well be. So, got a little bit of more subject matter here, but I just want to sort of just talk a little bit and just, just. Yeah, uh, we're kind of running out of time. We got uh, just a little over a minute. We there. are. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. But I wanted to talk about the difference between stagflation, inflation, mm. you know, and, and things of that nature. We're we're not we are we are not getting into a stagflation scenario. It looks like. We're still going to see some growth in the economy given where uh, uh, um, unemployment is as well as wage support, too. So, um, you know, bottom line here is a choppy show today, that's for sure. You know, yeah, it's kind of tough. tough when all of a sudden your screen goes away. And, no, you did well. And the Come material on, man. you got prepared all week goes away. So you, you're going, you did well. uh, what you do we do? It's all good. <clears throat> well, listen, for Bob in the back and Chris, I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back next Saturday with another session of Making Money Sense. And during the week, if you have questions, give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. And don't forget to visit our website to sign up for our webinar coming up here next week on Monday. It's going to be on basics of charitable giving, two sessions, one from noon to one and then from 6 to 7 p.m. So look forward to seeing you all there. It's live, so you can ask questions along the way. We'll see you next week with more Making Money Sense, The Larry Rosenthal Show. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.